Oh, we're super live. My super God. Super live and super social. How's everybody doing tonight? Um, just, just ready to have a calm yet spirited debate about the games that I think are better than the games you think are good because I am Captain Correct and you are two ensigns aboard the SS Always Wrong. And uh, yeah, Noah, I'm time. sorry, you're incorrect. You are Dr. Wrong Nick in this oh, scenario. Right. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Good biz, exciting. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty confident that all three of us have different ideas of what should be at the top. Let's see if we get any of you sick Fox from the Cog Connected staff list to join the podcast. Oh, God. Disgusting. <laughs> We've got <laughs> what I assume to be nobody so far, but that's all right. I don't know. Because Is the internet will, ready for that? Because we will have, right, a couple Cog Connected staff joining us in a little bit. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And yeah. it's going to be good because we're going to take what they say and incorporate that into our list. Yeah, and some case making. There'll be some case making will occur. Some people will come on and they will... Yeah. They, they will, I mean, we don't have a physical soapbox, that's silly, but, you know, a soapbox. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> then we're going to tell the people what's up. And we do have technology on our side. I've created a Google document. Oh, uh, my God. And it is it's part of the stream, so people can see what's what's going on. I've entitled it, Is This the List? Nice. And like uh, it, like it, it might be the list by the end of this. That's cool. That's cool. Nice, nice touch. Yeah, yeah. And we can also uh, we can also switch over and and look at video content, video footage, evidence from the year. Oh man, that's huge. That is. Are you a, ready? That is a massive implementation to our show here. Thank I you, feel... Paul. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Paul, for that. Happy, Happy holidays, Christmas, everybody. everybody. Yeah. Man, like <laughs> seriously, that's that's big time. You know, just in case, yeah. just in case everybody forgot, uh, you know, 100%. what what Elden Ring is. One hundred percent. Yeah, I I mean I um, I've definitely forgotten uh, what I just did with Kratos and Atreus over the past uh, 30, 35 days. So that may come in handy for me. I I, I know that will come up because we uh. We talked about it the other day. We talked about it the other day. We and uh, it's a great game. It's just not as consistent as the last one. Certainly last one, not. You know. Awesome. Top to bottom. This one fits we, and starts. We spoke on it last time, but it's just the fact of the matter is the second, the second game, Ragnarok, it's just not nearly as tight as the first one. The story is not nearly, it's not a, a, not a fraction of an iota as tight as the first story is. Much like, I, I kind of compare it to the original 300 uh, film. And mm. that I thought that that movie was so successful because... Literally, a child could have grasped the story. It's 300 of 
Sparta's best. They need to go and block off this area from the Persian army that's coming through. That's it. That's that's the premise. It's it's you know it's so simple, but like sometimes less is more, you know. And it's in in the case of God of War one versus two, at least these remakes. Uh, I really think less was more with the original. You know that that's that simple trek from your home to the top of the highest peak on the highest mountain to scatter your mom's ashes like that's pretty powerful you know that's pretty powerful and i I don't know if i felt anything more powerful in the second game yeah and what's really interesting too is that stakes in ragnarok are infinitely higher you know yes it's the the fate of the universe it's a video game story but that first one is so personal if it carries more weight and it felt like it had more impact all the way through. Yeah. 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 Any, anybody's relating to the story in the first one, even though I'm sure not many have had to make the trek to the highest peak on the highest mountain to spread their mother's ashes. Still, it's, you know, it's just a tale of loss and grief and how to deal with it. And everybody can, can relate to that. Second story. Not so much. It's a tale of of gods and the politics within uh, within the realms and, and yeah. It's Richard <laughs> Schiff as Odin for some reason. My God. Who fucking kill? Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's he, great. He absolutely kills it. Like oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, I'm here to interrupt. I don't know the name Richard Schiff like just off the off the dome or anything can you give me and maybe some uh equally unenlightened listeners a breakdown of maybe some of their other large roles or just roles of any size really he's toby on the west wing oh hell yeah okay (laughs) he is in the good doctor okay okay all right so so some tv that i did not watch but people presumably have he's in dr doolittle great the eddie murphy one okay i wow i i don't know what i expected when i asked that question what i got was distinctly (laughs) unsatisfying but still technically qualifies as information so jurassic park the lost world Real down a little for me. Okay, a lot of people were in that movie. What did he do? What was his deal? <laughs> well, he... Uh, uh, it's it's you know, hard to say. He did some things. So He did some things. Uh, how about I Am Sam? And let's not forget about I Am Sam, Sean Penn's Academy Award-winning performance. And Richard Schiff was in there. Great. He, he also had a, a rousing turn in 1998's Deep Impact. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yo, that's... So that's I guess big. it's one of those things... When I hear the voice of Richard Schiff, I might know it. Yeah. Or I'll get a little feeling in the back of my neck, like, ooh, I should know this voice. There you go. 2004's <laughs> Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Ray. He's in there as well. So, you know, Richard Schiff, you, you can't be mad. You can't be mad. I <laughs> No, I'm going to stick with my previous emotion, which is slightly confused. But Not... that, that's fine. I won't lie. Mm. I couldn't put a name to a face before Ragnarok. 
But now that I know that that's that dude, sure. Yeah. I, can, sure. I can go back, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's one of those, you know? Hey, listen, Morgan Freeman didn't become Morgan Freeman until he was like 50. Yeah, he was... Um, uh, he was just Morgan. He was just... Yeah. Forgan uh, Meeman. Richard Shift uh, is... Richard Shift. That'd be a way wow. better name. Way better actor name. Well, I've been calling uh, he's him Dick Shift. Dick I've been Shift. Call- he should have been uh, Dick Shift. I've been calling him <laughs> Shift this entire segment, so it shows how much I know about him. Oh God. God. Dick Sixty-seven Shift years old. Amazing name. Sixty-seven years old, but but so all nonsense aside, I think that we can agree that Shift is Odin. Man, he killed it. The the most brilliant thing about his performance was that. I mean, if you knew the lore, you knew that he was a bad man from the get-go. But for somebody like me, coming in, you know, relatively uh, unlearned on the subject, I wasn't sure if Odin was as bad as they were saying he was throughout the game. Because he comes in, and honestly, like at the start, when you, when, when you sit down with him and, and Thor, Kratos, Atreus, he's a nice guy. He really is. He's he's, just, he's a really nice, personable, like, he's just kind of like your grandfather. Who's, you know, he's just this sweet old man. But, <laughs> you know, slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. For any viewers, I'm playing a nice little uh, clip of our man, Mr. Shift, from The Good Doctor. Uh, if you're curious what this, this handsome son of a gun looks like, that's... Uh, the stud. That's the all-father. That's Odin. Yeah. What a stud. Our man Dick Shift. All right. Uh... We are a couple minutes away from bringing our first Cog Connected staff member, Nicola. Are we... Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, into the fold here. Um, I believe she should be online and we can just bring her into the recording, right? That's a great question. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> is she part of our server? <laughs> I don't know. Can you add her? Uh, maybe. Uh, this is a take our faces away for a hot second here. While I, uh, yeah, we're 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 sneaking in the back door of the, of the sausage factory here, guys. We're it's, uh, the, it's the first time that Cog has done anything like this, so there may be a couple growing pains. But stick with us because it's going to be hot it'd be super informative and we're all going to come out a bit better people i'm really entities i'm really looking forward to hearing from nicola because she's going to have i think different takes from what we would typically have on the show um yeah she's into you know sometimes she's into uh, more obscure games i guess you could say um but from what i've seen the games that she likes i'll go and look them up and they all score in the 80s 90s you know they they all seem to be winners so i'm i'm looking for, forward to hearing what she was a fan of this year and uh what she may be a fan of in the coming year okay all right i think i think maybe I think maybe yeah, we're just, doing the thing. I just we just got the notification. I think we're uh 
Let's see that. We're we're getting some engine lights. I I, 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 I getting the work going. I think I think it's gonna happen, boys. Like she just needs to pop into the cast recording, right? Correct. Correct. In the meantime, while we wait, wait for her, I'm also looking forward to the big boss man himself, Alex. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Everett joining the stream. <laughs> I wonder what his game of the year is going to be, and I wonder what. Boy, his most yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I'll look deep into my scrying stone and see if I can't piece something together. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh boy, oh boy, we got questions. Ah, ah. Okay. It, it's 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 one of those things where if you've never used Discord to try to do voice and video before, you're in for what they call a fun time yeah. because it has some cool ideas about what your default hardware is and is not really interested in hearing anything else. Yeah, there's there's a bit of learning on the fly, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but then when you get here, it's cool. There's, like, sofas and shit. You know, it's a welcoming environment. HC sofas and thrones from... Hey, let's... Hotel. You know what else we can do with some... Is it a downtime? Is look at the uh, some minor categories, because there are a few on the uh, 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 Gaudi 2022 breakdown that was submitted to us. By the good yeah, people. like like the most minor category of them all, best shooter. <laughs> now listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna we might want to crack that particular nut with our our man, Mister Everett. I I, right. I you know I I feel You're like right. maybe he was maybe he was the videos. one. After all, he was the one that came in and was like, you know what? There there's one more category. <laughs> it's gotta be best shooter. I'm like, oh, you don't say, bud. You're right. You know, going through our voting, it did feel somewhat out of place when after going through a list of reasonable topics, you know, reasonable questions as to what might be the best this and that. All of a sudden you get to the end of the the survey and it's just what's the best shooter? <laughs> we should actually no. call it uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 presents best shooter. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, what's yeah. beating what's beating COD at this point? Oh, uh, I voted for Destiny. Uh, I don't know. That's just me. I yeah. I don't remember what I voted for because it was kind of a throwaway vote. I uh, I think Neon White probably did more interesting shit with the genre, uh, but also yeah. tried to change the genre so it's anathema, so we can never speak his name again. But. <laughs> They'll just create a new subgenre out in the far, far fields, and 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 we can just sort of let that lie. But but again, Neon White was pretty good, and Mel Hellsinger did cool cool shit within the space. And I don't know what Proteus is. I I tried Metal Hellsinger, Yarr. and I really wanted to love it. Sure, the problem. Is that mm. its audio and video sync up features did not work for me. Like it was, it was impossible to get 
my audio and video synced up in a way that made sense. It kept telling me that I was way ahead of the beat when I was very clearly not. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's the perils of those kinds of games. You know, if if you're not 1,000% accurate in, in like, the, the algorithms behind the scenes, if they are not, it's rocket science at that point. If you are not 1,000% accurate, the game doesn't work. Yeah, that's fair. You blow up, you know? You send a teacher into space. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's... It's not too soon, but it is still kind of uncool. Kind of soon, right? Um, um, our, our guest is saying that she cannot join the cast recording. That's correct. That is correct. We're trying to figure this out now. We're trying to change permissions for the channel while we're broadcasting. No worries. Uh, Maybe we could switch around the time slot because we do have Everett in here at seven. First was locked. Now it's just showing this. So uh, while Paul tries to work on that behind the scenes, James, yo, what would you say was your favorite of the games that we played together on stream over the past mm. few months? Uh, ooh, um, there was Escape Academy, yeah, grounded, of course. Yep, there was Spider Heck, which I think we had yep. a great time with. Uh, I feel like there was, well, we did, um, uh, oh, Power, Power Wash. Wash Simulator, yeah, yeah Power Wash, which and we played, uh, to Shredder's Revenge. Oh, there, well, there you go. It's, not yeah, Shredder's Revenge is it, right? Not, it's not, yeah, contest, Spider yeah. Heck comes screaming into second place, though. Spider Just... Heck was fucking amazing, so yeah. surprising. I had never heard of it until the Monday, excuse me, the Monday when we were looking for something to play. James recommended Spider Heck, downloaded it, <laughs> phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. If, yeah, if... It's... yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say it's in the veins of the like the physics heavy stick fighting games uh that people may or may not have played in the past if you had access to for example a school's computer and they were not extremely diligent about yeah. uh what you were connecting to then you probably it, played some of them maybe even at your house. That's a great point. Think like those early but fun Newgrounds games. Yeah. Sp Spider Heck captured that, but you know it was just a bit more modern so it ran a bit more smoothly it looked a bit better yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant brilliant game i i especially if you have a couple friends over you're having a couple drinks i could not recommend spider hack enough yeah that one was pretty dope uh <clears throat> so there's a there's a category in here that i'm going to be honest feels even more weirdly out of place than best shooter mm. yeah uh really? yeah best ongoing game ah uh. it feels like something we included to appease somebody powerful and i don't know who or uh, why you know i it's funny that you bring that topic up because I thought that that was the one that had the most glaring omission out of every single category. Really? I, can, I cannot believe that No Man's Sky is not in oh. there 
and didn't win the thing. By oh. far, by okay, far, that's... No Man's Sky is the best ongoing game. That's, ah, a, oh. that's a huge swing and a miss. What? Oh, God, oh. so close. No, so second. close. You think, you think she no? the other... There she oh. is. Oh. Hey, 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 hello. He hello, hello. <laughs> hello, I'm sorry. This has been... <laughs> <laughs> a bit a of a struggle but we're here now and that's all that matters right after i joked that discord was trying to keep everyone from hearing my terrible video game opinions <laughs> we uh, wouldn't dare no that's all good we want to no, hear all video I'm game opinions i'm thinking the app is plotting against me well, exactly. And what, what Paul said there is that we want to hear all video game opinions. I I didn't think that it would be a necessarily entertaining show if we had guest after guest coming in here and saying that, oh yeah, God of War was the best. Oh yeah, Elden Ring was the best. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, I want to hear a vast differing opinion of what game of the year was, you know? And, uh, I mean, I in that case, you're in luck because I have played neither of those games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Excellent. So, so I, I don't play Soulsborne games and I also do not play God of War games. I, at a very young and impressionable age, looked at them and decided I didn't have room for that kind of struggle in my life. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair and then enough. I immediately went and I started playing Shin Megami Tensei games. So maybe I'm just a liar. Yeah. <laughs> sounds now, sounds like sounds like hypocrisy at work is what it sounds like. <laughs> I I remember last year you were a big big fan of uh number 5, was it? Trust me. If I could cite games from last year, I would be raving about Shin Megami Tensei 3 and 5. Right. And I'm not entirely sure if 3 would count because it was a remaster, but I loved it, so... Yeah, fair enough. This is the Wild West, Nicola. There are no rules. We can do whatever we want. So if you want to say Shin Megami Tensei is the best game of this year, then I, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Well, I mean, the problem is I haven't been playing it this year, so I don't think I can get Ooh. away with that. Ooh. I will fair. do one rule. Fair. <laughs> at, uh, the Switch port of 13 Sentinels Igus Rim amazing i've yes. heard nothing but good things oh yeah james, absolutely amazing james talked for like i don't know multiple hours about that game last year yeah and, well uh, um he, i he, wish i could talk that long about it but unfortunately basically everything i could possibly say would be either spoilers or an extended anime reference so <laughs> I that's liked precisely it. why he loved good. it it's true it's completely true. <clears throat> yep. So what, what did you play this year that you loved, Nicola? I mean, there's two main answers to that. Well, three technically, but again, I, I'm not citing Clonoa because Clonoa is a remaster. Okay, okay. Fair rule. So we're just going to shuffle Clonoa off to the side, maybe give him a little pat. He's very cute, very fluffy, doesn't fit the purposes of this ranking no but that's what i was saying it's very much your segment here i want you to talk about what you enjoyed the most this year okay so um i'm gonna be honest i had been waiting about 10 years to play crisis core 
Mm. It originally came out on PSP, which is a console that I did not have. And so I did not get to play it. I tried very hard to play it by proxy with like Let's Plays and screenshots and such. But as we all know, that's just never quite the same thing. Yeah. So when I found out that it was coming out with updated graphics and some tweaks to the gameplay on, you know, a console I actually own, I came very close to losing it. I don't think you can understand exactly how hyped I was about this game. And then it came out. And it actually lived up to my expectations in basically every way. And there's only one thing that I really didn't like about it. And that's the mini games. But if mm. I judge every game that I love on whether or not it has one thing I hate about it, I would not play any games at all ever. So, uh... yeah, it, it brought light and joy into my life in the darkest time of the year. I'm speaking literally. My winter's actually been pretty okay, but it is very dark outside. And this is persistently driving me nuts because I always feel like it's like nine o'clock. What, what region are you in? Um... Uh, Vancouver Island area. Okay, yeah. Fair so now. it's dark it out at dark. like 3.30. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't raised here, so it is messing uh, with my internal clock, something fierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, being the glass half-empty kind of guy that I am, person, <laughs> I want to ask you about those mini-games that you said that you maybe not we're so much of a fan of what what was it about those games the the mini games that you didn't like crisis core is at its core an action game like there's some little exploration aspects and you can work out some things with like relationship building depending on who you talk to and the choices you make and they did a really great job of weaving in the story into you know very action heavy gameplay but one thing that they decided to do was try and add in every single chapter something that is, you know, gameplay and isn't an action sequence. Mm. And I understand the desire to, like, maybe make things a little bit less repetitive because virtually every single side quest is just going through a short little dungeon and fighting a monster. But here's the thing. That was mostly a mistake. There's like a couple of moments in some of the chapters where the little mini game segment is actually fun. And then there's, crap, what was it? Chapter four, chapter five, somewhere in there. The one where you first meet Aerith and you're going on a little date with her and it's so cute. I hate the mini games you have to play to raise her affection. Uh, Aerith. Mm is innocent the game designers are the ones who messed up <laughs> i love it i love but it yeah no it would be a really cute little sequence except that uh either my controller was not working properly or the game is not set up to register when you're hammering the button so i kept losing not because i lost track of say how many drops of oil I was adding into the perfume, but because the first time I hit the button, the game didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> okay. These games Two... like five times each, or like 20 times for one of them. 
in too, order to raise her affection. Man, two solid, solid explanations. Either the hardware was busted or the game is busted. I, <laughs> All I completely. know is I used the exact same mental math for the times that I didn't get it and the times I did get it. So clearly the problem is not me. Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to succeed so bad. You wanted that affection level to hit its peak, to hit its maximum, to truly experience Crisis Core reunion. Oh, no. I Honestly, I only ended up uh, beating like one. No, two. Two of the minigames. There were like four in that chapter, and for the other two, I played them like three times, and then I was like, you know what? I don't deserve this. I've got to admit, I'm morbidly curious about the mini games now. I don't think any of the three of us have played this, so. Oh, no, well, but now I, I, I want to now. Play it, I, but second I, of all, you should also send, like, at the end of your very nice email to the developers or your glowing review. But why didn't you remove the mini games or at least make them optional? <laughs> hey, so I played the original a uh, hundred or so years ago. And um, <clears throat> words cannot express how jealous I am. It the, the, the thing I remember the most is the kicking acoustic guitar soundtrack that accompanied the whole thing. That that'll be in my brain until it stops working. But like, okay, well, like, good news. They mm. redid the soundtrack. It's mm. still amazing. Awesome. I don't remember the minigames. Again, I'm very, very jealous because the minigames stick out in my head as like the only thing I didn't like. Huh. Okay. Huh. Like, huh. okay, the, the pacing is questionable, but you know, I'm along for the ride. I'm having fun. I don't care if there's a time skip every other chapter. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> <It's> almost... <laughs> character models look like they all have freckles for some reason, just like a full body coating of freckles, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not paying attention. I'm enjoying it. Sure, it, it ain't a bug, it's I by design. very repetitive, but I don't care. The monsters are fun, the gameplay is fun, I'm spinning the wheel, and I'm hoping that I get a new memory flashback every time. So where do you think this should go on this list that we're making? I mean, that depends on whether or not we're asking for my personal subjective ranking or what I think other people would, like, think, because... No, this is a thousand percent subjective. I reviewed this game, and I rated it, like, 80 out of 100. And the entire reason I did that was because I was playing through it, and I was like, oh, there will be people who will not like this game. Guess what? I'm not one of those people. This is my number one game of the year. I love it. I All love right. the conviction in that choice, though, you know? So often you'll hear somebody, especially this year, it's like, yeah, yeah I like God of War, but Elden Ring was kind of good. I love the conviction. Yes. It's the conviction of someone who not only hasn't played those games, but also <laughs> will not play those games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's about your, your, your personal favorite, your, 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 the number one nearest and dearest to your heart. And to be honest... I have been thinking about picking up this new version of the game because I have very fond memories of the PSP release and no actual memories of the PSP release, so I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> 100% recommend it. It is, I mean, it's cheesy and nostalgic and they changed a lot of things for the better with the, the gameplay and um, I'm just having an absolutely amazing time. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say is 
I said this in my review too, but if you do not like Zack Fair as a character, you will not like this game, because the whole game is just balanced on his shoulders. Mm. Fortunately, I love Zack Fair. He's one of my favorite characters in the entire franchise, so... Yeah, it's perfect. Honestly, I mean, he's just like B-grade Cloud, right? I uh, Come yeah. over here so I can fight you. <laughs> Cloud is B-grade Zack, and don't you forget it! <laughs> seriously though cloud would actually not let you forget it i watched advent children cloud knows what he is <laughs> <laughs> you cannot I... get down zach to make cloud look better because cloud is already putting himself down to make zach look better <laughs> yeah i um <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it. I I want to play this game now. You know, I always love hearing somebody that's passionate about something explain something to me, and this makes me want to play the game. I know the feeling. There's something about hearing people talk about stuff they really deeply care about. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's Yeah. I don't know, maybe you just don't get enough of that in this day and age. It's all kind of just. Oh, is that a cat in the background? Oh yeah, that's um my cat Moiraine. Uh, Ooh. She, she uh I I put her a rocket ship shaped bed on the desk, and so she's deciding whether or not to crawl into it. And um, wait. Yeah, they 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 consistently come in, and, you know, say hello for just a moment. You can't like pick them up or like be that kind of affectionate with them without them like rending your flesh to escape because they're very particular about where they spend their time but th they're cool cats otherwise tell them hello for me oh but of course so you said you had a second option a second yeah yeah my second option i feel like everyone will disagree with me if i say it i actually really like soul hackers too okay so I, <clears throat> I'm writing, I'm doing the write-up <clears throat> for the most disappointing games of 2022, and Soul Hackers 2 is on the list. Yeah, I and have no I, idea why. I, I also don't know why, because I, I looked up our review of Soul Hackers 2, and it was, uh, favorable. So, yeah, I wrote that. So, um... You know, give me a give me a little breakdown in Soul Hackers too. What's the what's the dealio? I mean, if I knew, I would tell you. Uh, as far as I can tell, well, I mean, admittedly, I haven't looked too deep into the controversy. As far as I can tell, um, it might just be that Soul Hackers Two does not feel very much like the rest of its parent franchises. Okay. Like. Okay. It's cyberpunk, but it's cyberpunk in a very modern sense. And it's noir, but like in a very specific stylized sci-fi-y sense. So as a result, it's like half very specific action manga. Thank you. Half very <laughs> specific action manga and half like vtuber with the apple aesthetic and i feel like maybe that just didn't work for a lot of people it also 
focuses really heavily on adult characters who don't have quite as much of that delightful inner turmoil that we generally see in a lot of Persona games. But it's also not as concept-driven as a lot of Shin Megami Tensei games. So maybe people just weren't expecting what they got. But here's the thing. The guy that they had designing, like, half the cast... Um, Hang on, let me double check what his name is. Uh... Shiro Miwa. Yeah. Yeah, they had him design half the cast, and I recognized him immediately because he writes a very specific um, action manga. Oh. And I have been reading it since it started being translated into English. So I looked at uh, the original promos and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be just like Dogs, Bullets, and Carnage! And also, like, the Shin Megami Tensei demons are going to be there! So I played it with that mindset and it was indeed just like Dogs, Bullets, and Carnage! And also the <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei demons are there! So basically, anybody who did not have that specific framing in mind probably felt like they got sort of a raw deal with soul hackers too basically but i had that very specific mindset so i didn't feel like i got misled at all by the opening okay. and like i didn't feel like i got misled by the characters i didn't feel like i got misled by the plot like the gameplay mechanics are for the most part pretty solid I'll admit that I'm sad that they took out a lot of the focus on the demons, but I'm happy they added in that ability where you're wandering around and you can just find your demons in the dungeon and have a little chat with them. Like, that was nice. It helps make it seem like the demons are, you know, there. Um, a lot of the... A lot of the devil summoning culture stuff was nice. I like the graphics. I thought that the character designs for Ringo and Fig were, you know, obviously made by someone who designed VTubers, but they're literally avatars for a computer, so, you know, whatever, I'm having fun. Okay. I don't know, I liked it. Well, all right. I think I'm going to have to do a little digging to find out exactly what people's deal was. But you, uh, your, your, your uh, comments on it have been very enlightening so far. So I think I've got a good base of knowledge to work with. Um, and in fact, rather than being on a disappointing list, it seems that it was pretty high up on your uh, personal list of games that you were, you know, super into this year. I mean, like, my review when I posted it had one big asterisk on it. And that mm. asterisk was... I had a great time with this game. I hope the rest of the franchise does not follow in its footsteps. Because it is a great, like, little standalone that's disconnected from the rest of the series. I would hate it if Persona, or if the Shin Megami Tensei series, or if any of the other spin-off branches started to imitate it. It's like, okay, this one was good. Let's never do this again. Okay, okay. That's very informative, actually. That's very it's helpful. Like, you know, some games, you just can't wait until you get the sequel, or you're like, oh my god, this changes everything. Like, Final Fantasy VII changed the whole course of gaming history, basically, because everyone wanted to be that, but it especially changed the course for the Final Fantasy series, because suddenly every other game was trying to be Final Fantasy VII. 
and we got the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. And some parts of the compilation were fantastic, and other parts were Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> but, like, this is, like, the opposite of that, where it came out, it's good, I like it, I hope everyone learned something from making it. Please never do this again. Okay. Okay. All right, so I, let's summarize this little segment. I've got, you, you liked Crisis Core, it's really good, it's an action game, but the mini-games... Blue Chunks, and Soul oh, Hackers so cool. 2. Soul Hackers 2, really cool, but needed more demons, and they should not make more. Well, if they're going to make a Soul Hackers 3, it should also be a weird little standalone, I think. And then yeah. it could be like an anthology series. I've also listed out uh, Fluffiest Character as Klonoa. Okay, yeah, that Very seems fair. Accurate. Accurate. Cool. Uh, Rhett, did you have a plan on how to like tidy up these, seg these segments or end these segments? Yeah, I do have a plan. Okay, okay great. Let's hear Nicola, it. I want to thank you so much for coming out. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you making the time and, and uh, coming on the show, especially given that, you know, there were uh, several people that were reached out to including the entire team and <laughs> you, you you were one of you were one of the only ones that uh, made the commitment to come on so like truly i cannot thank you enough for doing this and um obviously we hope to have you back next year but i would love to have you back on the show uh, much much before then you know I, I would love to get you back on here whenever you like yeah anytime thanks for having me yeah, we'll no. see what happens. And hopefully next year I will have slightly better video game opinions. Uh, no, Just I will never change. Don't let the man yeah, change no, you. Exactly. Yeah, no. Don't ever change. Keep, yeah. Keep 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 on keeping on. That's what I say. Yes. Keep 100%. on ignoring the entire Soulsborne franchise. Oh yes. man. Listen, yes. listen. Your heart. Soulsborn, yeah. Soulsborn, that shit wasn't even cool until Elden Ring, and even then, I'm not sure. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you got nothing to worry about. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. I I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas as well. Happy holidays. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays. Thank you. Cheers, Nicola. Cheers. Cheers. <clears throat> That was nice. Yes. That was everything I was hoping it would be. Oh, I loved that. Right? I don't have any of those opinions. And, you know, those would have been entirely lost had we not had Nicola on the show. Exactly. Right. Now, uh, so we are ready. I mean, if Everett is ready, we can pull him right in, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's working. I... I joined him to the server. He's just got to hit the button. He's got to do the thing. That's my opinion. I mean, let's be real here. He's probably playing a little bit of Call of Dudes. Probably Call of Dutes. <laughs> Call of Dutes is amazing. Well, Call of Dutes. He's probably forgetting about his obligations to the Press X to podcast game of the year. Hey, it's only the biggest podcast of the year, but <laughs> he's... Call of Dutes tends to take precedence. Now, listen. Um, 
I think while we wait for our boss, <laughs> for all intents, we're just consistently dunking on. <laughs> yeah. While we wait for yeah. our boss to show up, why don't we at least talk about just our tenth, our our number ten game on our personal lists? You know, let's let's dip our toes in the water, so to speak. Okay. Okay. That's tough because I have a lot of games that I don't know which one should be number ten. It's yeah. it's uh <clears throat> Ooh. I you know what? You know what? I think my my I think my number ten should be Sonic Frontiers. Uh, my my number ooh. ten. I I I don't I am not speaking no, to, love... the, to final oh, list, no. Eh? no, and that's the thing. We need to keep that in mind is that these lists they're completely personal. Of course. Okay, let me. Sonic Frontiers, you said? That's the one. I like it, man. Like, that was one that I wish I played because I heard nothing but good things about it. I mean, sure. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, in terms of Sonic games, I think it's absolutely miles ahead of so much of what they've done in the last decade. It, it, they, 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 um, they, they made, big strides in certain strange areas and, and, and they really uh, blew the field open in terms of like what a Sonic game could be as far as like actual games go, just like on the larger list. Ah, oof, it's, it's fine. It's, it's all right. It's, it's an open world collectathon. It's, 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 it's cool enough, but like it set the table for Sonic games. And that to me is, 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 is definitely worth mentioning if nothing else. And, um, I found it very interesting how there was so many uh, dissenting or different opinions about it. Like, there's there's a very strong pro Sonic Frontiers camp, and there is an equally strong anti Sonic Frontiers camp. And uh, I, I think it's really fun how that same game can produce such like totally dissonant ideas within the space. I thought it was fun as fuck. I played the heck out of it, and, and then it ran its course, and I was done. I was like, cool. Well, credits rolled. I'm ready to put it down. That was awesome. Um, you know, like Nicola, I had a couple of things that I did not super love. They like to uh, uh, kick off the ends of chapters by throwing you into the worst mini game you've ever fucking played, which Oof. great, very strong Sonic tradition throughout the de years and the decades. But like having to get four and a half million points at a pinball game should not be a necessary step Wait. to move the story forward. Wait, now, was this four and a half million actual pinball points, or was it Sonic Frontiers pinball points? Red, I don't know enough about pinball to tell you what it was. Oh, okay, just... so, so, so here, let me say, so four and a half million pinball points... That has the potential to be completely excruciating. <laughs> With yeah, Sonic, you, what I mean by Sonic Frontiers pinball points is, was it something that you could complete in two minutes? Oh wow, no, no, it was like thirty. Okay, it that's was like bad. thirty minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's then I would say that's realistic pinball points. That's, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it it really sucked. It was not the worst one though. The worst oh. one was a uh, 
a light puzzle basically you had the you you walked into this big field and and you had to like turn you had these statues that shot light and you had to like shoot the light in a continuous beam in a particular pattern but like when you moved one statue another statue also moved i realize i'm not accurately conveying what this puzzle was like but let me try again in a different way fuck that puzzle and in the kindest way possible fuck the people who thought it was a good idea to make it necessary to complete to advance the story that's horseshit i disagree with you sir i raise my fucking leather glove and challenge and i whap you across the face shit was just rude i had to like call in my wife from the other room like hey can you I need a second set of eyes on this. I've been doing this for like an hour and a half. I have no idea where to go from here. I'm just completely stymied. And the two of us, it was like, it turned into like a, a couple's bonding event because we're just like, I'm like writing shit down and taking notes. And she's just like frantically pressing things. And we're like trying every possible permutation. We're just like, we're like just about to give up. We're just like, well, what if we did this? And just moved one just the right way. And suddenly, pow. Oh, <laughs> Look wow, who shows is, is up. that is that the sound of Superman <laughs> whipping in to save the day? Well, well, well. Can you guys... <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we, yeah. We can hear you, but it sounds like you're in a hurricane. Wind tunnel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on a sec here. Let's change this around. Here. No, it. It sounds a little bit better. How about now? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Little, you know, we're better, we're getting yeah. less wind tunnel, which really that's all we need. You know? Hey, maybe now. I had a fan on. Maybe that was the problem. Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah. Yeah. Boss. Big boss. Yes. The man, the man himself. Naked I, I, snake. I, that's what it says on the business card, but I don't know. Nobody listens. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. I promise. I do. Yeah, so listen to all the time. All listen. What's the what's the grand topic of the day? Man, the grand topic of the day right now is whatever you want to talk to. You whatever you want to talk wanna, about. We want to we want to know. We want to know what your best games. What what was your what was your what what earns your top spot for games? Yeah, of the year you know what? It's it's been a funny year because I haven't played all the cool games. Right, like that Elden Ring that everybody was talking. About. I never played it. That game scared the shit out of me. It's shit. Right. It's not you just, good. You've been, you been on that Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, I actually had that list as number two. Okay, so there, <laughs> I am. I, I love am, it. I am fond of the modern warfare. That is correct. Yes. Um, actually, what my honestly, it's funny. My number one, and you guys probably know, I, I game with my kids a lot. You know, I'm. You know, yeah. and so it's Switch Sports. I loved. I spent oh. hours and hours. Um, you know, with my kids because it was getting us off the couch and we were bowling, we were playing badminton and it was just, and it was like one of those games where there was really no, um, ah, what do you, would, would you say? Like my kids could kick my ass. Let's just put it that way. Right. Like it wasn't, there, okay, was, there, sure. there was no skill. I, you, know. you didn't, yeah. You didn't have to throw the games. Yeah, exactly. To, to have fun. Like yeah, actually play would and have fun. Adequately kick my ass as needed. 
you know, and we had fun in the process. So yeah, no, that was that was probably my my favorite game of the year, just because it it created the most, you know, just those memories. And and it actually it's funny because after we started playing that, you know, the kids would be like, hey, can we actually go bowling? You know, and then we actually bought a badminton net, just like it inspired us to do other things. So it kind of took us beyond, you know, the gaming. So it was kind of cool. It was it was good. So. So I have to oh. say, in terms of like time played and the memories, I'd say Switch Sports is number one for me. Wow, shit, you, man, that's, that's awesome, cool. man. I love that. I love that. No, no, bringing joke. people together, man. I love that. That's what it's all about. Yeah, like, I yeah. wish, I wish I had people to play a game like that with, where we could actually not only have fun with it, but then look forward to having fun with it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I was saying earlier, when the kids go to bed, then Modern Warfare 2 comes out, and that's when Daddy has his, you know, <laughs> his quiet time where he's just, you know, shooting people up. So, you know, there, there's yeah, the where you're, right there. where you're playing that no Russia call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so that's what I would say, uh, yeah, game of the year for me at least. And, and yeah, I just started um, another one, High on Life. I, I'm sure mm. you guys have started playing that. I don't know if that yep. would be a, a yep. game of the year contender at all for me, but you know what? It's made me laugh more than a half dozen times, and, and I got to give it credit for that. So Yes, genuine laughter, not just, you know, <laughs> you want to laugh, so you try to because... Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're like stubborn in your opinion and you don't care what people say. You think the game's funny, so you're going to try to laugh yeah. at as many jokes as you can. You no. believe Rick and Morty is still funny and no one can tell you otherwise. Man, much like anything, you know, it's, yeah. it's it may have jumped the shark, but you're right that there there was the time where it was funny. And yeah. I think I think that Justin also, Roiland also. does capture at times a lot of that humor in high on life also, i really enjoyed it this is important tim robinson plays one of the guns and it fucking rules tim oh, robinson really? yeah and, yeah tim robinson's cool but how about jb smooth as gus the shotgun yeah, yes toting yes frog that was oh wow he's I, gotta fantastic. Okay, I have that to look forward to i love jb smooth he's funny he's so funny yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Tim, Tim Tim Robinson plays my favorite gun so far, I guess. <laughs> Which one is Tim Robinson? He plays Creature. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Creature's good. Creature's, Creature's great. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. High on Life is cool. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, high on Life, the mechanics might not always be there, but... If you like Rick and Morty, there's nothing to not love about this game. Yeah, I still haven't. I, I didn't feel the the gunplay was as as smooth and as uh, responsive as I would hope, but it's it's not bad, right? It's it's pretty good. So I, I'm okay with you're, it. I'm okay with it. You're you're a big Call of Duty player, though, and I I would say that Call of Duty's probably got the tightest gunplay in first person shooters now. Yeah, and that's, so that's it's, the bar. That's the bar. Right? Like in in high on life, of course, it doesn't even come close. So no. it's it's tough to to argue that it feels great. I think that it's completely serviceable. But yeah, when you put it up against a Call of Duty or an Apex Legends, I don't think it's gonna 
But that's okay. <laughs> I can I can climb down my Call of Duty ivory tower and and play with the little games every now and then. So that's that's okay. I can do that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Of course. But and the numbers don't lie either. You know, uh, High on Life has shot to the top of Game Pass list like it's ahead of Minecraft. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, I didn't realize people on, it's not on PlayStation. For that kind of game, but... It was never released on PlayStation. It's only on Xbox and PC. Is it coming to PlayStation like in a year? Is it one of those exclusivity free? I don't know. I, I assume I, so. I, but... I would be surprised if it wasn't, especially given Trover's universe. Right. Excuse me. Being on uh, PSVR. With that said, yeah, it was pretty stunning. Uh, a friend of mine is a big, big Rick and Morty fan. And he was shocked when um, Highland Life dropped. He was shocked to go to the store and find that it wasn't there. Right. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand the business decision. Excuse me, the business decision behind keeping it off the uh, PlayStation Network. Uh. I, 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 if I might offer a theory, <clears throat> I assume that they probably, well, because it was delayed once, right? Because it was supposed to, I think, come out in September, and then it got pushed back to a December release date. So I'm assuming that they were having just the tiniest bit of trouble getting this little fucker out the door in its optimal state, you know, at all, rather than just, like, for the maximum amount of platforms. I think it's probably a combination of the scape, the 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 school, the scale of the project. Sorry, Jesus, uh, being somewhat limited, and also probably they're signing some sort of like indeterminate exclusivity deal with Microsoft because if it goes directly to Game Pass on on release day, generally that indicates that the a lot of their like uh, initial sales expectations are being padded or supplemented by. Uh, Big Billy and his and, and his fucking gang. So, yeah, probably if 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 there is a PlayStation release incoming, I'm assuming they're gonna bury that uh uh press release for a little while, let alone like when it's actually dropping. Yeah, the uh, Microsoft money dump truck backed up to old Squanch Games and. Yeah. You know, drop the cash. But that happens in, in all directions. So Yeah. So I saw a tweet, I don't know, today, yesterday, somebody was saying which which game development studio would be good for games that haven't had a game in a while. And somebody had mentioned Squanch Games, you know, developer of High on Life, for a new Conquer game, as in Conquer Bad Fur Day. What are our thoughts? Would uh, that would is that a match ooh. made in heaven or what? That humor. Can Justin Roiland do a conquer voice? I don't. Well, exactly. Might be exactly. Funny. I I think I think with that, if there's any sort of inkling of Rick and Morty in that game, not good. Right. Okay. Not good. Right. He just what Paul said. He needs to make sure that he can do a conquer voice before he gets it. Like if I'm if I'm playing that game and it's fucking Morty is a as a sidekick again, I don't want it. No. Well, as as I was 
as I was playing High on Life, I was absolutely, absolutely getting the feeling that this, this universe, it's almost becoming too bloated, you know, because sure, Trovers and High on Life and Rick and Morty, they might not, they might not technically exist in the same universe, but they might as well. It, they might as well. Exactly. They might as well. And so if he's going to do another Conquers Conquers game that might as well exist in that universe, I don't want it. Yeah, maybe you just give it to the development studio and he doesn't do any of the voices. That doesn't seem like a super tall order. <laughs> uh, no, but it seems like Justin Roiland needs to get into every single thing that his name is attached to. It seems like he needs to be the 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 main actor and everything that he gets attached to maybe maybe he's he's just doing a little bit too much method acting and drinking too much while he's recording lines and he's starting partaking to... in a little too much squash yes exactly you don't you don't squash your own squash you know they, they always say that yeah they've definitely said it at least once All right, Alex, uh, what's new in Modern Warfare 2? What makes it special, unique, outside of the great gunplay, which Call of Duty has been known for? Yeah, that's for a great question. And, and, and really, there, there isn't a heck of a lot. It's, uh, it seems to have a fresh coat of paint. It definitely looks a lot better than, say, Vanguard last year. Um, the levels seem to have an added level of complexity to them, a little bit more verticality, a little bit more, you can go into some more buildings, so there's some, a little bit more complexity there. These are just incremental improvements. We, we're not seeing a brand new Call of Duty, but I think that if you were a fan of maybe the, you know, Call of Duty, you know, the first, you know, four and maybe Black Ops, and you're coming back, I think you might be more inclined to come back. You know, if, if they lost you with games like Vanguard. Um, but with that said, I think that with Call of Duty taking a two-year break before their next major release, I think that's going to be a huge benefit to the franchise. They give a full extra couple years of development. You know, we, there's no release next year, apparently. So, yeah, not a lot new. I mean, it feels fresh, but not... I don't know. Does that make sense? It feels a little fresh, but it's not new. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that makes that makes perfect sense. And it's a perfectly uh, normal state of affairs for a perennial release franchise like Call of Duty. Like it's, it's like it's it's normal for there to be years where it's like, well, no, we didn't reinvent the wheel, but it's a pretty nice wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And they they brought back just enough stuff that people have extreme, extreme nostalgia for, given that you know the original Modern Warfare 2 is broadly regarded as the best call of duty sure. up till this point you know bringing back things like shipment people love that map oh and that's a good point because i mean we're in the first season of this modern warfare 2 the only new maps we're getting are shoot house and shipment which are old call of duty maps we're not getting any new maps now granted there are mm -hmm. a couple other um game modes that have some new maps but yeah in terms of just the straight multiplayer we're not even getting a new map this season whether that's a development issue or whether that's them just acknowledging hey our fans want the old shit let's give them the old shit right so 
I know I want the old shit. I do too. <laughs> I do. I'm I'm too old for the new shit. <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, anything else that stood out for you this year, Alex? Uh, not particularly, but I am looking forward to next year. I think there's next year's got some really amazing releases on the horizon. Um, I'm praying the new Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom come out comes out because um, that'll probably be my game of the year. Um, Breath of the Wild is it's still in this household pretty popular. We still play it every now and then. It's uh, it's fun. And then the other one I'm looking forward to is I'm hoping Alan Wake 2 actually releases as well, because that's another mm. one. I was a huge Alan Wake fan. I love that game, and it's desperately needed a, a sequel. So fingers crossed those did, two come out. Did you play Control, Alex? No, I played the first maybe couple hours of it. I didn't, I didn't get into it, and I didn't give it the... It didn't give it the love it deserved. So it's one of those ones, as soon as I can get that newer Ultimate Edition version of it, you know, the, the next-gen version, if I can get a, get that on sale, I'm going to have to give it another go because what I've seen, it, it's pretty good. And, I, and it, my understanding was that even some Alan Wake... Um, yeah, that's why I brought it up there. There is some Alan Wake connection uh, deeper in some of the DLC, so it's... If you're an Alan Wake fan, there's worth, worth some the, very cool moments. Okay, good. Control? That's good to know. In control, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, we're just talking about uh, Alan Wake, too. You can't miss it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I'm putting it back on the on the, the backlog, and we'll, we'll get it. We'll bump it up a little bit. We'll get that played soon. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I remember, yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I stepped away for a minute. Alex, oh, I remember okay. that you were sort of unconvinced of the game much in the same way I was uh, for for the first hour two maybe three I was just like what the fuck is the what the fuck is the uh hype about yeah it's not it's not that great but slowly but surely it became amazing so if I had just given it a couple more hours of my time I would have I would have transitioned from meh to wow <laughs> yeah yeah, I think so. So some games are pretty reliable about that. Some games, if they don't catch you in the first couple hours, there's like there's nothing for it. So you can be forgiven for like making that judgment call. Yeah, but I, that... I think control really does unfurl slowly, steadily, and yeah, it starts pretty, pretty well. Nice. But you're you're completely right. And who has time necessarily to not only spend a couple hours, th- three, four hours trying to figure out if a game is for them but then to go beyond that and and play hour after hour waiting for the game to get better it's like anybody our age at this point who has time for that yeah, early on in the games maybe after the tutorial there should be a little disclaimer letting us know if this shit gets better or not yeah it's just just so you know this game sucks yeah just stop down or hey this shit gets better (laughs) keep with us but we promise it's worth it it's super super worth it just (laughs) just play this shitty part and it'll get better yeah all right guys well you know what i i have to go watch speaking of shitty i gotta go watch a hallmark christmas movie with with the woman i love 
So okay, uh, well, so buddy. it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I am gonna say I'm gonna bid farewell, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys can drag me back onto this for another one in the future. I would hope yeah. so. Anytime. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you. I'll say I'll say the same thing that I said to Nicola. Thank you so much for doing this. There were not many that uh, showed up. Oh wow! When it came to it. So I thank you so so much, and I yeah, like I can't wait to have you back on. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk soon. Take care, guys. Okay. You too, Here's Alex. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he did not disappoint. He, he yeah. no, not at all. See, oh, man. never. Man, I thought it was just going to be fifteen or twenty minutes worth of solid Call of Duty conversation. No, he's got, but, he's but got, it wasn't, he's, man. He's, he's, he's got, he's got good, 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 good shit going on. It's, it's cool. I appreciate all of it. Everett's the man, and like I said. Like I said, I can't wait to have him back. I I apologize for these hiccups. Those are those are some monsters, my man. <laughs> I can't stop them. I can't stop. Them. <laughs> it kind of hurts. A, it's kind of amazing. You 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 sound hammered, but it's just in reality, you're just greatly inconvenienced. <laughs> Do you know the episode of The Simpsons where the guy has had hiccups for thirty seven years? And they interview him, and he's just like, uh, "Kill me, kill me, kill me." <laughs> That's me. Yeah, only it's been I think like eleven it's minutes. Thirty, no, thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. just 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 an eternity. Ugh. All right. Yeah, you so, guys take it away. Yeah. So okay, so we we gotta. We 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 gotta figure our shit out. We gotta figure out how we're gonna make our master list. Well, I, I feel like there's got to be a few games we can very much agree are on the list. Yep. You know so, what I'm saying? Yes. So God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Ring. These are on the list. It is known. It is understood. Yeah. Um, I. Want to make a case for the inclusion of Vampire Survivors? <laughs> oh, shit. You're talking to the right guy, man. Because would you like to know where Vampire Survivors lives on my list? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> Number two, baby. Number wow! two. Wow! <laughs> okay, I... Uh... Mm. I feel like it's, it's, it's definitely the game I played third or fourth most this year, which is wild. <laughs> But, like, I downloaded it on a whim after reading a Kotaku article, and it was just like, oh, okay, so I'm doing this instead of work. Is that what's happening? Great. <laughs> like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love the uh-oh feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing because it's so simple. You know, there's only, there's literally one thing that you do in the entire game, and other than that, it's some strategic choices, and you just drive your little character around. But there's so much going on mechanically all the time, and it is so visually insane. The same it's... could be said about Gran Turismo 7. The same could be said about G GT7. Who, who says we're not talking about Gran Turismo 7? Yeah, but you're talking about goddamn vampire survivors. <laughs> 
Yeah, like it's the, it's the silver medalist. Motherfucker's not. And I love that game. I would I would put it comfortably <sighs> at like seven, eight, seven. Oh, or I, was eight. Gonna, I was I was gonna say fourth. You <laughs> bite you you bite that tongue. And oh, again, man. I loved Vampire Survivors. Let's I say love... we stamp it right in the middle for now. And uh, just you know, see what happens. But it's it's for sure on the list. We haven't solved. We haven't oh, locked out where. Oh. But it's for sure on the list. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's. I guess that's the best endorsement we could give it is that even before before the list begins, the number one game that is guaranteed to be on the list, vampire vampire survivors. So y'all go check that out right now. It's like what ninety nine cents. Three bucks full price, I think. Oh my god! Like it, it's <laughs> even on iOS now. The value so it can, yeah. it can control your life on the go. Is there cross uh, save? No, I don't think so. Because okay. I've 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 played it on on Steam, and then I started over on Game Pass. Yeah, and that was too. fine. That was fine. I just did it again. It was fine. <laughs> In fact, I made it further on the Game Pass version than I did on the Steam version. Yeah. It's, uh, again, very simple. There's not a lot going on in that game, but it's very well balanced, and it's fun as shit, even when you lose within the first minute and a half because you're trying some wild build that just will not work. For me, it took like 15 tries to get far enough in the dairy factory where I could unlock the fucking coffin. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like... you. I, I kept getting like specters of death showing up seven minutes in and be like, time to end your run. I'm like, no, but there was time. Why, <laughs> you bastards? <laughs> yep. Also, I will say the thing that like what th there was a there's a couple of unlocks that like completely changed the trajectory of the game and one of them was definitely the um all the names are in italian so i, I don't know there's there's the dude that unlocks the second whip and that guy oh, that yeah. guy that guy changes the fucking game dude the whip sucks wh whip whip is okay maxed out evolved whip is better but if you get second whip plus first whip, they combine to make the BFG whip, which is the whip against which all the whips are measured and found wanting. But the thing that actually changed the trajectory of the game for me was the rock star lady, because she has this fucking, uh, uh, she has that power where your area of effect increases by 1% every time you gain a level. <laughs> Yeah. So suddenly every move you make takes up a quarter of the screen. It's so good. There's nothing quite like that feeling where it's like nothing can touch me. I can yeah. do whatever I want and nothing can harm me. And yeah, it, somehow it keeps it keeps generating that feeling time after time after time as you unlock new characters and you, you know, unlock new weapons and things. And you're like, aha, this works, too. This is also as insanely overpowered if you max it out. That's, it's brilliant. I love it. When Rhett comes back, I'm going to recommend he hold his breath for even longer than he did. Rhett, what? buddy, how, how long have you been holding your breath for? 
Have you been holding your breath? This is important. Okay. All right. He's in the process. One hour. I was going to recommend to really, you know, hold it in for a minute. Maybe, maybe even a minute, a whole minute, you know. Uh, no, he's shaking his finger. No. Okay. <laughs> he's going to go five minutes. Five days. I, I listen, I've seen you hit that vape. I don't think five minutes is in the cards. <laughs> and fellas, that is how you eliminate hiccups. So if there's anybody watching or listening, rather, <laughs> that has a problem with hiccups in their lives, you need to check out the Press X to podcast. Uh, what? What year is it? 2022, 1221. So you, so you need to check out the 1221 podcast of uh, Press X to Podcast, where I show you how to eliminate hiccups on a whim. I, are you telling I people mean, who are already listening to the podcast to listen to this podcast? Yes. <laughs> 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 I mean, I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be sure to tune in to this episode of Press X podcast that's running no. right now. Okay, now that's comedy. <laughs> that's comedy. Thank you, Paul. That okay. was that was immaculate timing. On. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So so far, we've got. Uh, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Vampire Survivors, and from Rhett, Gran Turismo 7. Which, my understanding, is like the technical racer against which many technical racers are measured. Maybe not all of them. I don't know. Rhett, where do you put Gran Turismo 7 in the pantheon of racers? It's the best racing game I've ever played. Okay, solid number one. Fantastic. It is the greatest racing game I've ever played. Uh, it, I mean, it has issues outside of the core racing, but in terms of the mechanical act of yeah, racing, the, there's yeah, nothing better. The, the issues you think it has have been corrected because I know you haven't played it in a long I have. time. I have. Yeah, no, the issues are minimal at best. <laughs> They're much better. Like it was, it was not good at it was, launch. It was not good. Now, I I would agree though. The the big thing and like, I'm not a massive car guy, so I think that the the list of vehicles is plenty enough. But I do understand looking back, especially at previous Gran Turismo games where there were 600 plus cars at launch. I do understand that. Yeah, the the roster there might not be sufficient. So I Rhett, respect that. I respect that argument. Rhett, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out right out and say it. I find it baffling and fascinating that you describe yourself as not a big car guy when you are conversely the biggest racing guy I think I've ever met in my life. Yeah, You're man, when uh... I think of the racing gamer, it's you, buddy. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I find that really interesting that you turn around and say, well, I'm, I'm not a big car guy, even no, though... I mean, no, but uh, I'm not a big car guy. I couldn't tell you the difference between a 1990 
six or 1969 Porsche Carrera GT and a 1971 Porsche Carrera GT, I wouldn't have the first bit of knowledge on what's the difference between those, you know. But I think the... but yeah, I I love. I kind of love the car culture of driving around late at night with your favorite music playing, hitting turns and and things like that at the at the perfect speed. You're drifting drifting around a mountain that's it, you know that kind of culminates in a in a sort of perfect video game moment. I mm-hmm. love those sorts of things, mm-hmm. but I... being a car aficionado. I'm not there. I'm not there. Okay. I, but being a a racing game aficionado that lo- that loves wheel support and loves trying to make them feel as as simulation as possible, yeah, that's me. I think of people that are upset about the car list in GT7 are the kind of people who are like, oh, I wish I could drive my you know, Hyundai Santa Fe in this game. Yeah. Like, come on. You don't need to do that. It's fine. Exactly. The, the, the list of vehicles at launch was 150 plus. It was so y- you show me anybody playing this game that have driven every vehicle that was in the game plus vehicles that weren't in the game that they were like, oh my god, why wouldn't this be in there? Those people don't exist. They simply do not exist. And and uh, just because you have Gran, or not Gran, but just because you have Forza Horizon 5 that launches with 400 vehicles that you can drive as, with 25 of them being BMWs, 40 of them being different versions of Volkswagens, etc., etc., what the fuck is the point? And not only do does uh, a game like Forza have that type of repetition in their vehicles, but they will reward the player with their highest of high-end supercars after their first race. Literally their first race in the game, potentially. You could be rewarded with uh, a fucking Maserati 2022 900 horsepower. You know, it's so fast that you don't even understand how to take a turn with it. That's it. Zero progression. Gran Turismo did progression so, so much better. And if you look online and people talking about racing games, the number one complaint always, and especially with Forza, is that there is zero progression the progression is non-existent gt gt7 worked as well as it could to offer actual genuine gradual progression in the vehicles that you could unlock and finally to wrap this up not only that but the game is arguably i know okay god of war looks better gt7 is arguably the best looking game of the year it's fucking gorgeous gorgeous it's incredible how good it looks and incredible how well it sounds i voted for gt7 to have the best uh well did i gt7 have the best audio i think it should uh 
I think it should have won it. And I think that the only reason it didn't win it is because there aren't people that understand just how accurate the audio is in that game. It's incredible. <laughs> so where do you have GT7 on, on your list? I got it at number three. Okay. Number okay. Three. Yeah. Uh, I threw it at number six on my list. James, I assume it's not on your list. Well, no, because I never played it, and I'm not a technical sure. racing guy. But I recognize the 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 achievement, and 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 I'm I I I say sure, let's put it on our top ten. I don't really have a horse in the race when it comes to where it goes. I'm I'm basically going to let you two hash it out unless it displaces something I like more. In which case, I will come back with all of my teeth. Speaking of which, I have another candidate for the top 10 list. <clears throat> Please. Tunic. Tunic. Okay. That's another one, another one I've heard nothing but good things about, but I haven't played it. I haven't played it either. Well, um... Boy, that makes it tough if neither one of you fuck with it. Basically... Do you remember when you were but a child and you would get a game and it would come with an instruction manual and that instruction manual was a magical, incredible document unlocking amazing secrets about this crazy world you're about to embark on. And then at night or like afterwards when your parents were like, no, no, that's enough fucking video games for the day, you tiny goblin. You, you would take that instruction book with you and be like, fuck, this is incredible. Maybe I can absorb some more secrets from this thing in between sessions. Tunic takes that feeling and turns it into an important game mechanic because you slowly piece together a like 16-bit, 8-bit style game instruction manual page by page while you're exploring. Ooh. And there's handwritten notes in pen marked into different pages and you use these assembled pages to solve puzzles within the game. Other points of contention for describing this as one of the 10 best games I've played in 2022 is that it's full of crazy cool puzzles and I did not have to go online to look up fucking any solutions. I just toughed it out and sort of barreled my way through. And then I found out from my fucking brother-in-law that there was like a whole crazy set of puzzles I completely missed. It was just like some amazing shit that was happening that I didn't know about that was not strictly necessary to beat the game, but like something you could do involving starting a completely different save file. Ooh, it's all right. Shit, shit, so crazy. You could start a second save file to solve this puzzle. And I was like, oh my God, this is like taking me right back to Metal Gear Solid 1 for the PlayStation where you plug in the fucking controller to port number two to beat a boss fight. And it's just like, it's got cool details like that. It feels like, like there's been a lot of indie games coming out in the last year or two, the last year or 10 where it's like, we're capitalizing on nostalgia for The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I'm here to tell you right now that Tunic is one of the only games I've played this year or in previous years that really, truly, accurately 
captures that sensation. The feeling of like, oh, you're exploring a big kind of scary world and you're just a cute little dude going about and doing it. And like other games have like tried to like bottle this sensation, but Tunic is the one I played that like fucking nailed it. I'm feeling swayed by your argument here, James. Yeah. And the music is excellent and the gameplay itself is rock solid and the story comes with some pretty serious twists. Twists that are like mechanically important that like change the way you play the game, like force you to and like uh uh really like throw you for a fucking loop where you you were feeling weak and then you're feeling powerful and then fuck off, you're feeling weak again. I will say that to my great shame I was forced to turn on some some assistive shit right towards the very Shame. end. Shame. It, yeah, well, guess what? That boss rush nonsense was entirely too fucking difficult, and I just needed an out. I needed to be able to get past it, so I, I turned some shit on, and, and, and I stumbled my way through, and I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> and I, In and, fact, I'm proud of it. It, you know what? I'm proud of the fact that these guys put this shit in because it's 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 good to have that fucking option. Although maybe, you know, design it so that you don't get stuck in a place where you can't replenish your supplies and you don't have to resort to that. I don't know. Just some notes. It's a very small team. I think it might have been one dude with some help from his publisher. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it just wasn't in the cards. But the fact that you have that option in the first place is fucking awesome. It is. It is awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I have a proposal. And that is that... I, I feel like this is the kind of year where each of us is going to have a game that's on nobody else's list. What if we dedicate the bottom three out of the ten to those games? That's fair. That's fair. Would Tunic be your one? Ooh, that's tough. Because I have a second one that probably also is going to end up in that slot. What's that one, James? Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not on my list. <laughs> it's the best Pokemon game I've played in fucking 10 years. I have to include it. I have to make a case for it at least. Okay. Uh. Well, I, I mean, you're you're on a roll here. Let's hear. Let's hear it. Hit it, bud. Well, it's the first one in such a long time where they implemented stuff that felt like it really changed the way the game was played. And because it was a single player experience that wasn't relying on a balancing, like you have to balance things completely differently when you have a sort of online multiplayer component included. <laughs> And because it didn't have that, because it was a single-player experience, you could do wild shit, like just throw a Pokeball and catch something, just casually, just for no reason. And it just might work, no matter what that Pokemon was. And if you had the right ball in the right circumstances, and you distracted it, you could just, like, it was like a Safari Zone thing. You just, whoop, and you just grab shit. And, like, the raw gameplay loop was so fucking compelling and so tight where you're just like you're catching shit you're fighting you're sending things out you're grabbing items and all of it felt 
so unbelievably fluid where like all of these activities are rolled into like just like a basic set of tasks that you could do quickly and efficiently and easily and there was like because like pokemon is a franchise battles take time grinding takes time uh catching things takes time uh grabbing items and exploring and all these sort of things takes time but they created a system where it's just like no okay no we're not doing any of that you run out you you roll out you can fucking chuck balls with fucking crazy abandon and, and 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 grab pokemon you can get into battles you can you can explore you can grab items you can do all this shit and it's all as smooth and seamless as i've ever fucking had a pokemon experience ever like scarlet and violet not on my list they're a downgrade in terms of like user functionality and, and, and ease and smoothness from legends arceus like they're fine games. I I I played them. I enjoyed them. They're you know they're they're good Pokemon games. N- not as fun and fluid and unique and, and and unusual as as Arceus. Like Arceus fucking broke the mold and made you feel like oh Pokemon can be a lot of things. It could be a different thing that still feels extremely Pokemon from what you're used to. And it was like oh fuck yeah this rules. Um, whereas Scarlet and Violet was just like. This, this is what you come to expect in the franchise. Fine. Okay. But much like Sonic Frontiers, Pokemon Legends Arceus took what we understood a franchise to be and, and, and uh, turned it on its head somewhat. So I have to fight for it a little bit. I have to present. But I mean, Tunic definitely is a better game. Hmm. <laughs> So, I don't know. Hmm. What a conundrum we have ourselves here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to put uh, down near the bottom of the list, Pokemon Arceus slash Tunic. Oh, rude. Okay, but understandable. And with the knowledge that this can all change, because yeah. uh, honestly, I have at least two things that I think could go on the bottom of the list. On the, on that note, did either one of you fuckers actually sit down and play Immortality? I did. <laughs> oh, did you really, bud? It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it is. I understand everything that you said about that game, like that you need to play it during the witching hour when you're feeling the weirdest you can possibly feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really something. The The way you navigate between the clips, like initially it's so confusing what exactly yeah. you're looking at or who the characters are or what's going on. And wow that's kind of vulgar what's happening on the screen right now uh i can't believe they put this in a game but hey here we are and uh (laughs) say that again somebody again piped down yeah yes 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 yes. there's a little (laughs) bit of deep core drilling happening you are correct (laughs) i (laughs) think but you know i'm not surprised uh to see Manon Gage nominated for performance at 
Game Awards. Fucking incredible. She's so, so good in this. Yeah, Yeah, the way she definitely navigates between all these different roles and all these different time periods and these different ideas and and the and the way you can't tell when you're watching a clip whether the cameras are supposed to be rolling or not and whether you're getting a glimpse of the real character or the real person or if this is just a face on the face so to speak fucking amazing <laughs> there were times i didn't know if i was actually watching the same person she was so she was so chameleon like yeah they often say that though that uh an actor playing a character as another character is one of the most difficult things you can possibly do because you have to be playing a a character within a character, you know, character inception. And I feel like she does a great job with that. All of the characters within the films feel, you know, real enough to exist. And the core character also comes through at times. It's it's very strange, like it's 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 so nonlinear and just kind of explorative. Like here, yeah. experience this thing. You're like, okay, yeah, well, I will. I, no. I want to push for it to be on the list just because. Fuck, man! What have we seen like this in, honestly, in previous um, years? Honestly, Nothing. Um... <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if I'm convinced that this is even a video game. Okay, fair, fair. Rhett, state your case. It's just, it's so abstract. It's so out there. Much like his, the director's previous work on the iPhone. What was it? What was the, her her story, story, her her story. story. Yeah. Much like her story, I don't know if I would classify her story as a video game. I I feel like these interactive, but like it's even like semi-interactive. These semi-interactive stories work better on Netflix. Like this, this reminds me kind of like one of these new Netflix kind of choose-your-own-adventure things that. Yeah, you you have choices and you have some sort of interaction, so people might consider it a video game, but it's not. It's I I I liken it more to an R.L. Stein. <laughs> Flip to page eighty-eight and choose your own adventure, kind of. First thing, of all, Red, the writing, the quality of writing. In immortality versus the quality of writing in an L- what, time No, book. no, no. That of course, of course. Of course. The, like like immortality could be a triple A blockbuster cinema film. Absolutely. The acting, the writing, the cinematography, the sets, the costumes, like it's all there. Don't get me wrong. It's it's amazing. I think that there's enough interactivity in this game like because like you get what they called walking simulators right where you're just like you're just sort of experiencing the story and they created a rudimentary control and exploration scheme here to get through it like gone home is a great example of this what people bring up all the time where it's just like 
yeah, you were just like wandering through this house and like piecing together parts of this person's life. It's at least as much of a game as Gone Home. See, I don't know. I don't know because Gone Home, you're actually in a 3D video game like type environment where you're exploring, you're controlling, you're using you're using the left stick to move around, you're using the right stick to control the camera, you're pressing A to interact with objects, you know, like regardless of whether or not it's a walking simulator or it's Witcher 3, that I consider to be more of a video game than you know, you're you watch one clip of uh cinematography you watch one clip of of a scene that's been shot and then you move on to the next clip of the scene that's been shot you know yeah you may have you may have a couple uh where in the world is carmen san diego moments where you scroll a cursor around and select a uh an object in a scene but i don't know if i consider that a game uh, well, what just, are your thoughts? Where, where where do you sit on immortality? Game or no game? With that, well, so I don't know if I consider it a game. I'm gonna, uh, honestly, I'm gonna say no game. But with that being said, the the performances are fucking incredible, and it's super intriguing. Like, go go play this by by all means. I just don't know if I consider it. Like if I'm can if I'm talking about a game like God of War and then a game like Immortality, one of the two doesn't fit. Yeah, I I mean it's not the same kind of game for sure. I do think it it lives within that walking simulator kind of gone home uh the the rapture one. Everybody's gone to the rapture, whatever that one was called. I yep. love that. What I will say about immortality and something that I found very hilarious while I was doing this was there was a particular clip where a uh, gentleman was uh, receiving a treat and I paused the video on his O face and was able to select that image and go to another clip. And if that's not gameplay, I don't know what is. Pause on the O phase. <laughs> okay, I was like, no... I have to do this. There's no choice. Okay, but there are several moments where you can catch somebody getting piped down, somebody <laughs> hitting climax. Make no mistake, like I definitely zoomed in on that one scene where what's our name is enjoying her time with what's his name. But yeah, it's it's that is not. <laughs> that's not gaming I, I kind of feel like immortality would be a great number 10 so uh, my suggestion earlier that something that's not on anybody else's list end up on this list near the bottom I don't think that needs to be 8, 9, 10 it could be 7, 8, 9 uh, honestly immortality, 10. immortality at 10 I, I like it because Again, it's it's very rare when you sign on to your Xbox Game Pass and you download something that actually gives you Hollywood quality performances. Very, very rare. So I, I agree. It's got to be on the list. 
at 10. Okay. Does anybody else have any uh, far afield God. Cinderella stories they want to drop into the, 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 the mix? Well, I've got a few. Okay. And uh, I spent the last two weeks playing almost all the things uh, that I had wanted to play in the past of this year, but hadn't yet. Uh, Tunic accepted. That's the one I didn't get to. So three things to bring up. Chain Echoes, yeah. which is Chrono Trigger in 2022. Signalis, which is like a modern, old-school Resident Evil survival horror with amazing atmosphere. And Citizen Sleeper, which is a strategy turn-based thing where you're this android in a decaying body and you need to survive on this space station by uh, doing dice rolls and such things. Now, Citizen Sleeper comes up a lot. It comes up a lot when people are like, this amazing game that came out this year, it's on Game Pass. And uh, it is, all I know about it is that it comes up a lot. <laughs> it is really, really good. Uh, you know, in a. In a world where video game writing is not often that good, it's very engaging. It's it's pretty text heavy, and it's a it's very much a choose your own adventure. You're going through this world however you deem necessary or however you want to do it. And there's a lot of text that provides a a glimpse into what this universe is without specifically telling you. And I love that kind of storytelling where it's it's situational and you're able to infer what's going on in the background or how society has got to this place. And Citizen Sleeper does a great job of that. It's, you know, relatively run-based. Like, you can play through it multiple times and have very, very different experiences. And, you know, your, your fortunes within the world can turn on a dime based on a dice roll, which I kind of like. You know, it, it's too often in RPGs, you just choose the path and you go on it because you have chosen this option in dialogue. Well, that's not how life works, really. So having a, a game where your choices matter, but also just how lucky you are at that moment also matters is, uh, is pretty remarkable. I haven't, I haven't played as much of it as I want to, but I can tell it's something I would, can and will go back to a lot. Awesome. What, and what, uh, Signalis. I was going to say Signalis. Get, get what? Uh... Okay. So <clears throat> I have a lot of the same thoughts and likes about Signalis, which is it's very well written and atmospheric and does a lot of its storytelling through showing you or implying things versus outright ramming them down your throat, uh, which is kind of, interestingly, the Ragnarok approach from this this year. It really rams stuff down your throat. Uh, but Signalis has a lot of those classic uh, mechanics that you love and remember fondly from 
Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, you know, gives you the option to have tank controls if you want. Your character oh. moves really slowly. There's oh, limited geez. ammunition and things are creepy as shit. It does a great job of being atmospheric and making, you know, each door that you have to go through be like, I don't really want to go in there, but I know the key is back there somewhere, so I got to go in there. And, uh, yeah, it has this awesome CRT filter that you can put on. It's a very stylish and interesting uh, piece of media that... You know, anybody who's into survival horror will love it. It's it's one of the best survival horror games I've played in a long, long time. Sounds amazing. What are we talking about? Signalis. Come on, right. buddy. Yeah. Stay yep. with us. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Come on, buddy. Get some get 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 some get some smelling salts up in your <laughs> in your nose or. Do do whatever you got to do to 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 tighten the bolts and and and, and twist the rings and tighten the bolts. <laughs> oh, he's getting yeah, vape I, juice. I, I I do like the, not the vape juice. <laughs> Grow up. I I do like the tighten the bolts. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. This is uh, just a knock of the wards. Hockey smelling salts. No, hey, listen, no sponsor, no sponsorship. (laughs) Hey, um, Manscaped didn't work. Harry's razors didn't work. So I'm looking, I'm looking for the hockey smelling salts. Please, please put that in your face on air. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, on. get real. Big whiff, big whiff. Come on, buddy. Big whiff. (laughs) god that burned my lungs how you doing buddy how you doing you know what it's like is it's it's like when you go to the bottom of the deep end in a pool and you take a deep inhale of chlorine oh Okay. That's exactly what it's like. Here, let me try again. <laughs> oh, and we are live. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay. Uh, wretch, oh, yeah. nasty bitch. We I, need yeah, to gonna... know. Here, go ahead. I was going to ask Rhett for his dark horse pick because we've got yours, Paul. We've got your breakdown. We've got Signalis and we've got Citizen Sleeper. Mm-hmm. And third, third game. Uh, dark, um, dark horse pick for not game of the year. But just something more... that should be on the list, but is on it's like it's only on your list. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Nobody is going to have WWE 2K22 on their list. God damn it. <laughs> but that should be on mine. That game is it, really, really good. 
Okay, I but like, that. I'm gonna, yeah. you know what? I'm, you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my research right now. WW2K22. It's really good. They took the year off. I've explained this many times on the show, but they took the year off. Uh, them being 2K because they released WWE 2K20, and it was. A complete fucking shit show. The it wor- was, yes. The worst game arguably released in the past 10 years. So, the WWE themselves <laughs> gave 2K an ultimatum. They said, either the next game is good or we're done. <laughs> we are done as business partners. 2K took a year off, and they released 2K22, which is fantastic. The best wrestling game released in 10 years. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's not much more you can say about that. Go play now, it. Does it have Create a Wrestler? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does, and they are... It's a hell of a thing. You can you can really make yeah, you can really okay. make some some real monstrosities. So oh, awesome! Not only do they have create a wrestler, but they have the best create a wrestler, create a character in the business, and they've had that for at least ten years, fifteen, I'd say. Their their create a character dwarfs. Anything and everything you have ever come across in the last 15 years. I would bet any amount of money on that. Have have you tried the character creator in Black Desert Online? No, and I don't give a fuck what it does because it's not better than the WWE created character. And I promise you that. Uh I promise you that. I guess we'll never know. We will. We will. Listen, ends an incorrect on the SS completely wrong. It's cool that you have such conviction and passion. And I appreciate that. And I recognize it. And I'm very happy that it's a part of our lives. But I feel like it's just too bold of a move saying that any individual game has the best character creator because you would be shocked beyond belief what sort of wild shit you can do with the most unlikely Dark Horse candidates in that field specifically. As far as like the best game with a character creator, completely different discussion, not even really worth bringing up. But like purely on character creation, WWE TK22 is pretty good, but I have a good authority that, you know, you you can get a little wilder with it. You can get a little woolier. You can get a little uh, more ridiculous. And that's fine. Yeah, it's it a sounds, very it's it's yeah, no, it's great. It sounds like somebody that's never played WWE in the past 15 years. <laughs> it sounds like somebody that has no idea just how good that character creator really is. Renowned people that aren't even wrestling game enthusiasts will tell you, oh yeah, that that wrestling create a character that is next level. Go play the game. You need to go play the game and tell me otherwise. Don't don't give me your stats. Don't give me your rundowns. Don't give me your lists. Go play that game 
And then tell oh, me otherwise. where in the top ten do you propose this fucker goes, friendo? So what did I have my number ten at? What was my number ten game? What? Oh, I don't have your list. No. Well, I would say it goes number nine. Just above immortality. Immortality. Big bold move. Immortality. I put number ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd go. WWE is definitely better than Immortality. That's that's a no-brainer. Okay. It's just, a, it's just a matter of how much better. And so, yeah. We'll, we'll go at... at I mean, at I, am, I am looking at the character creator here, and somebody created Shrek. Dude, Shrek? Are you kidding me? You're scraping the bottom of the barrel, brother. <laughs> there is so much more to choose from. I'm I'm seeing Skeletor. I'm seeing Spider Man. Yeah, those are all. I'm seeing guys. Danny DeVito. People have been creating Danny DeVito and Skeletor and Spider Man for years. Like it's just people like, have been creating Shrek for years. Rhett, come on, get Shrek, with it. Yeah. Come on, yeah. come back yeah. to the fold. People have been putting Shrek in games for as long as there has been Shrek. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and he's never looked better than in WWE whatever iteration. It may be so. 2K22, you absolute muppet. Get the name of the game right that you are so heartily defending to put on the list. No, what I'm saying is that the WWE character creator has been better than anything in the industry for nearly two decades. So what I'm saying is Shrek in whatever fucking iteration of SmackDown versus Raw or WWE that he may appear in is going to look better than any other character in any other game that people try to create him in. You understand? You look past, look, look over the past 15 years. It's no bad. Yeah. I understand. I'm sorry, Red. I understand. I, I, I'm with it now. I love it. With it, with that kind of speech, I feel like you're standing in the center of the ring at WrestleMania, just yeah. yelling to the crowd, and everybody's booing. And they're like, they, Boo. they wish, they wish. <laughs> All right, WWE number nine. Let's leave it there. See what happens. Uh, <laughs> there's like four spots unaccounted for, and by uh, by my to my eye. There are four games that probably should be on this list. That being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Yes! Yes! You know what? Fuck that game. <laughs> listen, to Hammer, listen to Hammerhead Shark. Fuck I understand you've got a lot of strong opinions bubbling up in you the more every time you take a sip of that delicious beverage. <laughs> But I will not stand for this fucking slander. Do you understand? Listen. I fucking hated that game. And I hope the people that developed it never work again. They're gonna. Yeah. Anyways, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what to believe anymore. We were talking about how much you liked that game. Mere, mere hours ago. 
sir. Yeah, well, you know what? Opinions change, dude. Opinions change. Why? Brett, Brett, okay, you know what? We're going to bring you back into the fold. Brett, tell me why you suddenly don't like Shredder's Revenge. Give me the breakdown. A real reason, not just... Come on, man. What do you got? Dig deep. Oh, no, man. Because it just sucks, you know? Okay, so Shredder's Revenge is definitely going in the list because the one dissenter has <laughs> no coherent reason why it shouldn't be there. He just feels like being bitter and shitty about how bad it is. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like your legs have been cut out from under you by you. By <laughs> you. You, you, you fucking... Because it just sucks. You know? No, no, you fucking Muppet. No, I don't. Listen, <laughs> it's the best Turtles game to come out in years. I it's, it's got all... Yeah, I, I fucking thought so. It's got all the, the fucking best qualities of the old classic games and none of the bullshit that the old classic arcade games came with. It, it, it's all killer, no filler. Fucking original voice actors, like excellent music, complex, interesting combat, uh, aggressive replayability. Yeah. Paul O'Neill's a badass. Exactly. So and, Ale- and it did feature Alex Jones, who was my go to once I unlocked him. Casey. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. And the future Casey Jones, my favorite once I unlocked him. That's right. Can you imagine if Alex Jones was an unlockable character in Shredder's Revenge? He he was buff at one point. He He had muscles at one point. He could have been in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He he was like snorting brain pills and like Running it, running through the woods like a madman. It happened, all right. You, he, he had a buff well, face. I'm confident it still happens. Well, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, anyways, three spots okay. left. Okay. I think there are three games. Three okay. spots for what? There's three spots left, and I think there are three games that should be on the list. Okay. That being, yeah. But but it's three two one. Three two one is what's left. We're already there. <laughs> Man. Where you been, bro? Yo, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm worried about that. <laughs> I'm actually worried about that. I'm sorry. You contributed so, so, to this list, dude. I, I literally so, thought that we were at like number six. So, Rhett, what I'm, I'm going to need you to 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 hang back for a second. We're going to get the last three names, and then sorry, yeah, we're going to arrange right. them. We're yes, going to arrange them in their proper place. Pro- don't push the mic away what are you doing yeah. <laughs> bring bring it back bring it yeah, back, bring you, it back. You, guys, you guys go ahead i'm sorry no no bring, bring the mic back bring the mic back don't just don't just dip into the background like a ghost no no you're a part of this all right we just need to get their names and then we can figure out where they go okay okay let's do it okay paul just... hit, hit hit us with the last three god of war ragnarok yar horizon forbidden west Yar. Elden Ring. Yar. Right? Yes. That That is, in fact, the top three from the site's voting results as well. Yes. Now, what order do those three go in? Elden Ring number one. I don't, I don't give a shit what anybody else says or thinks. That's where I'm at. I'm addicted to that game. I was playing it tonight. Tonight, 
before we got we got into this podcast, I was like, I should play something else. No, I should play more Elden Ring. <laughs> See, I I tried real hard in these past two weeks where I was playing all those games that I should have played more. I tried to play more Elden Ring. And I wanted to experience that world. I wanted to experience the magic that everyone else is talking about. There is just so much bullshit that I didn't want to deal with. It's, it's, it's so tedious. Every single encounter is so tedious. And the combat just is not that interesting moment to moment. There's great stuff with the bosses. The bosses are always very interesting and giant and, and, and awesome and devastating and, you know, difficult to, to get your head around. But there's always that just threat like of bullshit. Well, here's my counterpoint. Um, the thing about Elden Ring, which is sort of the thing about Soulsborne games in general, is that there's this understanding, and there has been, up until the release of this game, there's been this understanding that there's a correct way to play. And it's been so pervasive that people who don't really play the games, people who aren't really into the games in general, still had that understanding going in where you thought oh well obviously you have to you know it's it's a melee combat based game you have to do a lot of very complicated dodge rolls you have to get your timing down you have to master these specific elements you have to make sure that your 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 your, your weight is a certain level so you're not fat rolling these are things that people even people who didn't really play the games understood to be uh 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 standard rules about the game going into Elden Ring. And I'm here to tell you right now, Paul and Rhett, that that is all utterly out the fucking window. And the fact of the matter is, is that the mechanics of the game don't necessarily betray this at first. You, you, you can still play Elden Ring just like you can all those other games where it's like, oh, you go in, you do your dodge timings perfectly, you do your rolls, you, you do your parries, you learn the patterns of the bosses, and you fight them that way, and it's fine. But here's the thing. You don't have to fucking do that. You don't have to do any of that shit. I, I've been, recently, I've been trying to play Elden Ring like you would play a regular Souls game, and it sucks, man. It's so hard, and I hate it, and I wish I wasn't doing it. Because my preferred way to play the game doesn't involve like melee combat or like timing or any of that shit at all. All you got to do is like explore and enjoy and, and relax and, 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 you know, do a little research Batman style to come up with your fucking proper techniques because the game didn't open up for me until I started playing it in a, in a way that completely contrasted or like counterindicated the usual strategies. I was a magic user. I was using spirit summons. I was uh, using the, 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 the standard NPC summons. I was like using items. I was doing, I was using every trick of the trade and they worked. That's the amazing thing is that like, there's all these cheap little shitty tricks you can use for basically every boss. There's all these goofy things you can do. And it felt like for the first time in the whole fucking franchise, it was a completely viable path forward. You know, mm. if you want to take the lowest level magic spell, Glintstone Pebble, 
dump all your points into intelligence and, and and just like run around the edges of the arena shooting magic at this guy well whatever ashes you summon momentarily distract it you can absolutely do that if you want to do an arcane build that that focuses entirely on like crazy terrifying death spells you can do that if you want a bleed build that you slash a person three times and suddenly they're mortally wounded and you can watch their health bar uh, slow, well, not slowly, rapidly fucking shrink and disintegrate. You can do that. If you want to hit them with Scarlet Rot, the thing that drove the coolest boss in the game completely insane, that's a power you have. Point is, this is a Souls game designed in such a way where your first instinct, even as somebody who is not a player, is to do things the way they've always been done. And in fact, certain parts of the design sort of encourage this. But a larger part of the game's mechanics, the the, the underbelly, the fucking, the machine off workings of this game, tell you, no, you don't have to do any of that shit. You don't have to do any of that shit whatsoever. If you're like, man, there's got to be a better way to play this. Guess what, motherfucker? There absolutely is. There's like nine better ways to play this game. If you're like, I don't want to sit around and figure out the timing and stuff like that, you don't have to. You never have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fight a single fucking boss. I never learned I never learned a single one. I just like found all the cheapest, nasty shit I could. And 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 all I would do was like run around gathering up equipment and fighting guys off and and, and just like unlocking points in the map. And anytime I found something, it was like, oh, this item looks like I have to play the game properly to use it no fuck that i sell it for souls i recycle it it doesn't matter fuck out of here i'm gonna be the nastiest little goblin i possibly can be and the game absolutely gives you that power also the story is more approachable and tangible and interesting it's the first game first souls game i've ever played where i had an understanding of the story even though it was not presented in the same way as previous games in the series, but it was presented in a way that was more organic while still being at the fringes. So, like, I knew who these people were. I knew who these characters were. I knew how what their place was in the larger world. I knew what was happening. I knew what my goal was. And I felt like this is something that was never made as clear in previous games. It seems like they've mastered the art of environmental storytelling in a way that they have not done before this point. I'll definitely give it that. You run into the lore, you run into the story way more often than in any game in the past. And Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I'm bouncing off of this game repeatedly is because I try to play it like Bloodborne. And no, fuck that. <laughs> it, it arguably does not want to be played that way. Hmm. Okay. You're thinking this is number one, am I right, James? Personally, personally, it absolutely is. Because not only... Because it's like the Souls game that, like, tipped over for me. It was the one that was like, oh, this is the this is the one. This is the one that sold me. And I've tried basically all of the other Souls games, and they just didn't hit the same way. I just, just, I just mm-hmm. couldn't connect. But this is the one they've made that's like a culmination of all their previous efforts. All the good shit from previous games has been gathered together and put into this one. So that like anybody who picks this up is like, 
oh, well, I didn't really like this about the previous games. It's like, that's cool. You don't have to do that. You have to do any other shit. It's like people talked about how, oh, you could do like a faith-based run in Dark Souls 3, but it was like, no, not really. Not like this. In this game, you can you could literally put all your points into faith and you could just be the guy that lobs fireballs from a distance and just win every battle. It's fine. You can do that. You know what? I, th I feel like I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go do that on your recommendation and with, with the trust in your judgment and your, your opinion as a video game guy. Uh, uh, currently, this game is not on my list, but I think think i feel okay with it being at the top of the list i yeah i i just i just feel like in terms of like organic exploration and environmental storytelling and the the like art direction is particularly impressive people yep. will like come back with screenshots so like i just took this in elden ring and it's the most beautiful like uh most beautiful high fantasy artwork i've ever fucking seen as like places like the the fucking star-filled nocran underground city or like the 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 massive golden tree or the 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 lindell the royal capital or like um the romance the romance era painting style of, of the fucking limgrave it's just yeah, it's all incredibly beautiful and it's all uh, very captivating. And that sense you get of the map where it only expands as you find the edges and you you truly don't have an idea of just how big it is until you're done exploring. And every time you unlock a new chunk, you're like, oh, fuck, there's even more. That's wild. And it has that same thing that other Souls games have where it's like if you see a spot on the map, like if you're exploring in real life, or you're exploring during gameplay, and you're like, that seems pretty cool. If I'm going to be able to get to that, you can. Yeah, sometimes it's pretty hard, and sometimes it might require a little little digging, a little research, but you can get to every spot. Also, however big you think the map is, I promise there's an underground section that is exactly as big. So, fuck, man. <laughs> well, it... I'm actually pleased to hear a lot of the things that you're saying because for the past couple of weeks, definitely felt like I was taking some of the crazy pills going, what am I missing with this game? Because the entire world loves it. People who don't like Souls games really like it. How can that be that I am just missing the point that much? Uh, and it sounds like it's just from that play style. Because there are lots of things to like about this game. You're totally right about the art direction. On a technical level, Elden Ring does not look good. Yet, people still take these unbelievable vistas and have these amazing screenshots that you see all over the place. Like That takes some real skill and will to get to a point where your game looks really good despite not looking very good. Yeah. You know? A lot yeah. of the characters really do look like Sears mannequins. Uh, Serious mannequins, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. the the interesting thing about Elden Ring is that whatever play style you wish you could use to beat the game, you can. Like, if you want to be yeah. 
like there's a, one that I haven't really explored is archery. You can be you can just be a guy who shoots who shoots arrows. You can just be an archery boy. That can be your whole style. You can absolutely beat the game that way. <laughs> if a guy wanted to be an archery boy in uh, Elden Ring, how would they spec? Uh, Dex, just like just like fatty Dex with like a weapon that scales with Dex. That's the thing. That's the fun thing, is that Doesn't all you really that. have to do is find the gear that that has bonuses that like bonuses that scale with the stat you're pumping it into. So if you want to be like an archery boy or like a samurai sword guy, it's the same stats. Basically, you just need mm. you just need points and decks, and then like vigor so you don't die in one hit, and then like yeah. mind so you can use crazy skills more often, but like mostly decks, and then like sometimes weapons will be like you need a little strength for this, but not a lot. And but like, really, as long as you have the stats, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. And the starting the starting classes that you pick. They're not particularly important. It just like that's gives you an edge in the beginning, but like they don't really matter for the end game. You can do whatever you want when you when you make that decision. You can just like move in that direction. It's it's fine. You can uh respec whenever you like as well. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, you need a specific item to do full stat respecs, yeah. but by the time you're having that conversation with yourself about whether or not you want to do that, you have a lot of them in your inventory. <laughs> okay. Should we talk a bit about the other two? I'm getting the sense that, that that's, that's number one. Uh, but how do we feel about God of War and Horizon? Because personally, I think Horizon's a better game. It's a good question because I feel like Horizon has the open world problem. And I don't know that the sequel really addressed that problem. This is one of those things where it's like the first Horizon Zero Dawn came out the same year as Breath of the Wild, which was really bad for them because Breath <laughs> of the Wild was like, hey, here's the right way to do open world games. And then Horizon was like, Oh, we were still doing that the old way. Is that not cool anymore? And I feel like the sequel sort of has that same problem. It is definitely a traditionally structured open world game. Mm -hmm. I think what made me engage with that world more than something like, say, an Assassin's Creed is that the quality of the side shit that you run into is good. Okay. It's well written. The characters feel meaningful. What they're doing is meaningful, and you're able to engage with it over a short period of time, which is like key for open world stuff. If you're going to run into things and do stuff for other people, it should feel meaningful. It should feel impactful to the character that you're playing as. And Forbidden West did a good job of that. Um, a lot of the you know little towns and villages and, and tribes that you run into across the Forbidden West. Um, mm -hmm. It's easy to get invested in their story and want to help the people that are around that area. That's not necessarily something I felt in that f in the first game. Um, and 
stack on top of that combat's a lot better in the second one it's it's way way more flexible you can play the game however you want like my original run because i needed to beat the game because i was reviewing it went with the traditional you know bows and arrows hunter bows that kind of stuff but going back through it or starting over you can avoid that completely there's lots of other ways to go about doing the same things to enemies and especially ways to approach the big battles that you wouldn't necessarily expect but are there like it's a lot deeper than it would find itself getting credit for on a single playthrough Okay. So I think that's what sets that one apart from the rest of the open world schlock, to me anyway. Uh, I think God of War has some better points, like the combat in God of War is better than the combat in Horizon. That's not a question, really. Uh, But I think the whole package of Horizon is better. It's better written top to bottom, in my opinion. And it's a more intriguing world. We were talking about at the beginning of this podcast. Ragnarok is the end of all things. It's the end of the universe. And it doesn't feel like it matters because of how it's written and because of the journey you go on throughout the game. Whereas Horizon, there's lots at stake, but it feels a lot more personal. And each of the characters you run into, it matters to them for a different reason. Hmm. Okay. So... The sense I'm getting from you is <clears throat> Elder Ring number one, Horizon Forbidden West number two, God of War Ragnarok number three. Is that where we're at? Where I'm at. Okay, okay. I feel good about that that ranking. Red? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a great ranking. I really like how you put those numbers together. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh... right. okay uh let me read this out actually before i read this out james do you prefer tunic or pokemon arceus i think between the two i would say tunic okay so i've also been thinking and i think between signalis and citizen sleeper I would pick Citizen Sleeper. That's fair. That's fair. So let me just do some uh, quick rearranging here. Okay, let's see how this feels. Number 10, Immortality. Yep. Number 9, WWE 2K22. Yep. 8, Citizen Sleeper. Yep. 7, Tunic. Mm -hmm. 6, Shredder's Revenge. 5, Vampire Survivors. Four, Gran Turismo 7. Yep. Three, God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Two, Horizon Forbidden West. Yep. And one, Elden Ring. Oh, my God. That's so good. Oh, it's such a list. It's ten. It's ten Is perfect this the Brett? <laughs> I think it might you be have a chance. Yeah. Speak your piece. Do your dance. Come on, buddy. What do you got? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Break it down for me. What do you think? That sounds good to me. All right, that's the list. There you have it. Uh, For references' sake, 
I'm just going to read out what the site voted for as a whole group. This was the, the general consensus was 10 to 1, Gran Turismo 7, Cult of the Lamb, Sifu, Tunic, Plague Tale Requiem, Shredder's Revenge, Vampire Survivors, Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Elden Ring. So yeah, a lot of commonality there. Yeah. Definitely some copacetic, sympathetic ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love that uh, Immortality was all the way down at 13 on the team list. Yeah, I, I personally think that our list is the superior one, if I'm uh, being perfectly oh, honest. It's, it's the list. It's the definitive list. That's Immortality right. sucked. Sucked its way to best tenth best game of the year. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and sometimes literally. Yes, occasionally, aside from the deep core drilling, there is some other forms of uh, exploration being engaged in, and that's fine. <laughs> well, if you're uh, still watching or listening, we hope you have enjoyed this little discussion. I think we're probably going to take a a bit of time off and regroup in the new year with a new season season six we'll have to come up with a name because this was the face season that's right and, uh, Where's the, 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 the faces of press x uh, season six we're gonna have to do something really wild i don't know maybe i'll explore crazy hats i don't know we'll see what we do we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna really dig deep the hat season i'm into yeah. it <laughs> all right well uh thanks for watching or listening everybody we have been the fellas from Press X the podcast, and uh, I hope you have a really great holiday. Happy New Year. And we will see you back on the other side of the sun. The other side of the sun. Because we're going to yeah. go around to 2023. That's right. That's the 2023 right. side. Or take the and, loop. Uh, we'll talk to you all real soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.